noise. Hold on, hold on, hold on. We making noise. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hello, everybody, and welcome back into another edition of the Rick and Nick Show. My name's Eric Ruby. Alongside me, as always, is the one and only Nicholas White. Now, Nick. Yes, sir. We got a lot to talk about in a world without sports. We got to break we down do. episode seven and eight of The Last Dance. We have to talk about the baseball season. We have a little bit of movement there, possibly an actual starting date for the yeah. MLB. And we have a little competition when it comes to the NCAA. The NBA G League has been making a splash with getting some of these top recruits. And the NCAA is going on a little bit of a trial when it comes to the case of Zion Williamson and accepting money from a bunch of different places. But before yep. we get into to all of that first and foremost how are you doing what's going on in the life of of nick white oh man you know it was a wild last week of school uh it was actually the easiest week i, I can't even say it's wild anymore uh last week of school did had really good grades uh my sister's in town she had this plan because as you know i was supposed to graduate uh decided to push it out another semester and pick up a minor so they decided to still come out have some fun so we've just been hanging out with the family and uh Girlfriend went back to work. Hair salons are back open, so she's back at Whew. work now. So uh, they're just dealing with that, and I'm, I'm focusing on just pumping out content, man. How you been? Yeah, man. I, I mean, I'm pretty much the same same as you, same boat. We go to the same school, so school just ended for me last week. Um, definitely an interesting time with the, with the whole Zoom. I, I can't imagine what it would be like to graduate right now because I just I felt so yeah. little sense of accomplishment. Like I turned in my last final and I was just kind of like, okay, <laughs> it wasn't like, oh my gosh, yes, I'm done with junior year and like yeah. I'm ready to go. I, I'm ready to roar through. Yeah, like, senior year it was just kind of like, okay, dude, like, I online for- class. Like I I really forgot that yesterday was supposed to be my graduation party. It wasn't until it's like crazy. last night at like 9 p.m. My girlfriend goes, yeah, it's so crazy. You were supposed to have uh, your your graduation party today. Commence- or That was yesterday. Commencement was supposed to be today. And I was supposed to be walking tomorrow on Tuesday. And it just it seems so anticlimactic. There, there's no like yeah, I, I made it. I think it, we're I'm just used finished. to it now. Yeah. Right, I think we're just – we're just – I think that the first month of everything that was going on, it – it seems so much more chaotic than it probably should have been, which it was still Definitely. very chaotic. Don't get me wrong. I'm not yeah. saying it wasn't chaotic because that would be an idiotic take. But the fact that we were just all adjusting to a, a new lifestyle made everything, sure. I think, a little bit more amplified. But now in this 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 next month, it's it's been two months since the NBA decided to shut down. And that was really the the start of everybody taking this kind of seriously. So we could say we're about two months fully into it now. Yep. Um, and I think that people have just kind of accepted this way of life, which is a good thing. I think it's good for you to find comfort and normality within an extremely unnatural situation. Definitely, um, yeah. You know, and so I think that, you know, with, with school and everything, like – it wasn't a secret that there was going to be no graduation. There was, it wasn't a secret that classes were going to finish online. So like when, when you get to that end, you, you search for that end goal. There, there wasn't like that, that payoff and we weren't expecting that payoff. So like, I just think that everybody's kind of moving along. It's sad really when you think about it from a wide perspective, Mm -hmm. but I, I, it's going to make, you know, going through this a lot easier is I think that we've all just kind of settled in and adjusted to our schedules and kind of accepted what's going to be happening while at the same time not knowing what's going on at all. Yeah, and that's the craziest part is, you know, 
all of a sudden, uh, Governor Ducey said it wasn't going to be till the 15th in, for salons, for restaurants. And then Trump comes into town one day and boom, all of a sudden restaurants and, and everything's back open. So it's, it's literally day by day changing. No matter what gets said, it, it's literally almost day by day trying to adjust. And that, that was tough for us as students, you know, um, trying to do school online. I, I'm not going to lie. I personally doing the uh, the classes at the normal time kind of helped because it made me seem like I have a routine. And you know me, yeah, and, you definitely know me in routines, something. man. You know me in routines. Well, that's that military, man. That's that that's military. That's that military gene. Um, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, I'm definitely with you with the routine. Like now that school is over, I, every time I go to bed, I'm just kind of like, oh, okay, so what I got to do tomorrow? All right, I record yeah. a show with Nick. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to start doing putting videos out on my Twitter, so go ahead and take a look for that, at EricRuby underscore, uh, quick plug. Um, so go take a look <laughs> at that and start putting clips together. But but other than that, like it, it used to be you have hours of your day chunked and blocked off, but now it's like, all right, we, we really are in no man's land. And, and I'm thankful for that, honestly, because I know that life could be so different where you're for like, sure. oh, man, like struggling to figure out how you're going to get to work or how you're going to deal with all of that. So. It, it is like, oh, man, you know, now we're, we don't really have that much going on, like no schedule, but got to yeah. got to kind of think back and be like, OK, at least, you know, we're lucky enough to to have that. Very blessed. You know? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah. So let's let's move coronavirus to the side. I, there's plenty of that out there, plenty of that to talk about. But obviously the biggest thing in sports, the biggest thing on TV, pretty much the biggest event to kind of happen, like yep. it, just within this country and probably – I don't know about the world. I just know the local like response to it. But The Last Dance, um, every single week you're just kind of like, all right, it'll happen. And then you, you, you sit down and you watch like, wow, that was incredible. And then it's just, <laughs> just every week every week you're like, whoa, that's just – it's just really, really well put together. The iPad reactions, like Mike laughing oh. at Gary Play Payton saying he had no problem with him. Like that was yep. just such – a genuine moment, unfortunately for Gary Payton, but such a genuine yeah. moment that like you, yeah. you don't get to see Mike talk like that. Mike has been a very secluded person. Yeah. Like seeing him have these candid reactions and, and everything that's, that's been like personally my favorite part, but, but, but episode seven and eight, uh, detailing Michael's father's passing his, some of his gambling again, his, his journey to the minor leagues in baseball, his return from that, um, Space Jam, just a lot yeah. in these two episodes. What what stood out to you? What what was something that like you when you think back to to Sunday night? What's the first thing that pops to mind? For episode seven and eight, you know, I I, I love the part with Gary Payton um, talking about you know the video and all that stuff going to Michael, but it was just about that Michael's human. You know, it's so much you want to just sit and, yeah. you know, think that he's he's larger than life because he did things that were so much bigger than any other NBA player had ever done. But with the passing of his father um, and then going and retiring to play baseball, and he even said it. He was, I was just worn out. I was done. I had it up to here. I couldn't take it. There's nothing left for me to do. And that just kind of showed that, you know what, he's human. He, he's not this, like, all almighty type person. So to see that, and like you said, just to see him talk a little bit, and I, I don't remember exactly what he was talking about, but he started tearing up, and he's like, I need a break. Even when he was just doing the show, because some of the stuff yeah. that he talks about, he gets emotional, and that's what we love to see, but not always do athletes show that. So that was my, my it's, takeaway. It's, it's, it's the, eternal, the eternal struggle between the journalist 
and the subject when the subject is crying or going through something yeah. emotional. Like the after they won uh, the championship on Father's Day, yep, and they were like just this dude had a video of just Jordan on the ground crying, Balling just probably the most intimate moment of Jordan's basketball career. Like yeah. the most emotion he's shown, the most human he was, and the, he was just sitting there with the camera. And you can look at it from both sides. It's like, yeah, is it inhumane? It is, but so is the whole concept of professional sports, kind of in general. Um, yeah. Like, oh, we're just gonna follow you around and take pictures of you and video every little thing that you do and criticize every little thing you do. And then, of course, it's amplified depending on how good you are, which obviously he was incredible. Um, well, yeah. I mean, he. Uh... The, the whole thing that came out when they started talking about it uh, on the documentary was they were saying that somehow like his gambling had something to do with it and he was involved. Like, do you know how much of a toll that would have to take on oh, not yeah. just any per- oh, yeah. but like a son? And his dad was with him all the time when he was winning championships. That was like almost his best friend. And then you're going to go and print stories saying that he might have something to do with it. That was – to me, that was – I hated that part because as it wasn't journalists like- – you know, you always try and find the story, but like you don't try and make it right. up with no evidence. There was no right. evidence and now, of that. Nowadays, like, okay, if somebody tweets that out with like 200 followers, they're unverified. You're like, all right, man, shut up. But like, these were legit newspapers. In papers, yes. Like, like these these were legit journalists who still have jobs to this day. I think part of my take brought that up too. Like, they're like, sure, maybe if it happened today, like Twitter eggs, whatever. But like, yeah. these were legit journalists. And in all honesty, I mean, like. It is completely random, and I guess it is easy kind of to tie the gambling. It's just it all lines up like it's a conspiracy theory, theorist like dreamland because yeah. it all lines up kind of so perfectly. It's like Mike has this gambling problem. He retires when he's on top really early, which nobody expected him to do. Yeah. Obviously, he still wants to be an athlete, so he goes and he plays baseball. And then Jordan's father dies under like suspicious circumstances. And what's like the go-to thought for suspicious circumstances? It's like the mob or whatever. Like people yeah. want to pretend like life is a movie. Um, and so like, oh, well the mob tracked him down in North Carolina driving and killed him in his car and dumped his body in a river to, to collect on Michael Jordan's debts. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, Mike was good for it, man. Like he had money. He would never make like a, a hundred million dollar bet or and and if something he did, that he, he wouldn't pay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that, that's, pay, that's the thing. That was the thing. And, and so that was another big takeaway when I was watching it. I couldn't believe that people like professional journalists were saying this stuff oh, I can and like you said it. well exactly the type of thing it's not just a tweet anymore it's not like oh we're just putting yeah. it on the internet and seeing if there's going to take like this was in a newspaper this an editor a professional editor had to okay this story for it to run yeah it, I I, know, but still it, it still doesn't surprise me because like out there somewhere there's always somebody who's gonna oh, do people gotta try and something come up with the story like that. yep 100%. it's it's always gonna happen but so i I am not scared per se, but I've had some takes brewing. Um, Let's hear it. It's you, ob- I love it's the Rick takes, man. I love the Rick It's takes. obviously been, you know, with this whole documentary, it, Jordan's been on the forefront of everybody's mind. And look, he is one of the greatest athletes, basketball players, just human beings when it comes to athletical achievement. Like, that's that's ever bit like walked that this planet yeah, the goat but if i'm being completely honest i'm a little bit sick at every little a-hole thing that he did 
every time that he really wasn't like a good teammate or every time he mm-hmm. made some decisions that were like, what are you doing? No matter what, it gets spun to a positive degree. I mean, look, if LeBron James quit basketball, quit basketball during arguably his prime after winning championships to go pursue another sport that he didn't even know he could go pro in, that is something that would be slandered to no end. And sure, he he was slandered in the moment. But looking back on it, people are like, oh, they just talk about it so casually. Oh, yeah, you know, he retired the first time, and then he came back. It's like, look, if you talk about somebody who has this killer mentality, who can never be stopped, who always wants more, who makes up stories about LeBradford Smith saying good game, Mike, after after a game, and rolls with that for motivation, I just don't understand how you quit basketball. I just don't get it. Like those words quit. Like I understand you want to go play baseball and you know, you want to do it for your dad. But still, if you're Michael Jordan, who no matter what found a way to motivate himself, you're like, Oh, I'm getting sick. Oh, I'm getting tired of it. If it was LeBron coming out now saying I'm sick and tired of the media, I'm sick and tired of all of this. I'm going to go and do something else. He'd be talked about like a mental midget. <laughs> I like mean, you're if, not wrong. if you take if you take any of these things that Jordan did and you put in LeBron and you have LeBron do it, like LeBron gets a guy traded from a team and everybody's like, "Wow, what a terrible dictator!" Michael Jordan punches teammates in the head, like verbally abuses them, and you know sometimes that probably worked with people, but it's not like when he left they were desolate and stupid and like they 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 were incompetent. Like they had a good level of talent and. Just because they won with that Jordan sense doesn't mean that they wouldn't they wouldn't have won if they'd done something different. And not saying they didn't bring out the best in some people, because I'm sure it did. But I'm just saying every single thing that Mike did, we turned that into wow, how how great does that make him? His gambling mm-hmm. addiction, oh, how great <laughs> does that make him? <laughs> oh, his his rage that he had towards teammates and his his rudeness, how great did that make him? That man didn't care what other people thought. He would just go out and do and you know what? Credit to him because again if he was doing this and even if he was putting up like steve smith numbers he would be ridiculed i mean you have to be great my thought is just i think we unfairly weigh the the things that people do and i hate when people are like yeah well mike won well newsflash lebron james has won championships as well like lebron james is still an incredible winner in this sport and we could talk about GOAT, and I have arguments against Mike is the GOAT and most accomplished versus greatest, and that's a whole different yeah. podcast that I might do. Yeah, in we itself. might have to jump on that later. It's just it's just like I don't know. I'm not that like I, I wouldn't say I'm that upset about it because yeah, obviously the the man won. You can't take that away mm-hmm. from him. But it is a little bit tiring to hear how great is this, how great is this when like unbiased, they're not great things, and I'm not. And I'm not saying that he's a terrible basketball player or a terrible person, or that we should not regard him as one of the greatest of all time and have him in that conversation because we should. I just think that nostalgia makes us turn a blind eye to a lot of things that, if you look at it just on paper, he quit in his prime. What? Yeah. Like I mean, like. Imagine if any of these athletes quit in their prime and and went to pursue something and like it wouldn't just be an in the moment thing like it was with Jordan. It would be a, a career thing. Like LeBron loses a game in February and it's talked about for a year. Like imagine yeah. if he went and tried to play imagine if LeBron quit and played in the AFL. <laughs> 
<laughs> True. Skip it's Bayless would have a heart attack. Yes, and it's different in baseball because, like, Michael Jordan wasn't going to just the south side of Chicago to play for the White Sox. He was going to Birmingham, Alabama to play with the double-A team, and the only reason he and was And he should have been going lower. He should have been, been going lower. We can talk about that now. I mean, his baseball career, I mean, that was one of the more intriguing parts, I guess, of the whole documentary. It, to have to go to double-A, and to give all credit to the man. Only he, for media. He Not worked hard. He good like, enough, yes. Right, he he got the media, and he, and eventually, like he wasn't a, an absolute zero. I think sometimes when people talk about him, they talk about him like baseball, an absolute yeah. zero. But Michael Jordan's mentality does not work in baseball. Nope. Like because, in basketball. Yeah, yeah because please, I mean, as a baseball player, you have a better take than than I. Well, and it's just because in basketball, you know, and when you have so much success, and let's be honest, like if you shoot fifty percent from the field. It's like an okay night. You're not having the greatest night. Like it, it's, it's, it's. I good. mean, that's a good night. That's it's, a good it, night. Fifty percent on the field. But like when you're Michael Jordan, and I feel like so many times in the documentary, they're like, "Oh, Michael Jordan went off," and then you see the number, and he had fifty-four points. It's like, wait, fifty-four? Like he went off, off? Are you? You don't see fifty points that much in basketball right now. But when you go to baseball and you fail seventy percent of the time. It's just a dick because you can't just be in attack mode all the time. You may get four at bats in a night where you'll touch the basketball 30, 40 times. Right. Throw up 30. Or, so, like, you have a chance, like, oh, I've had a crappy first half. Like, it's it's just a difficult situation. And, and it's a lot. It. He, he was on. It's a, a lot easier to practice basketball than it is baseball. It is. Like, your hands will be raw. Like Mike said, he hit so much that his so hands much. were covered in. Like, that's not the recipe for success. You have to be able to scale yourself back and do things at a pace and work on and that's just not the Michael Jordan method. So I I didn't like when they're like if you gave him 1500 at bats he'd make it to the majors. I think if you gave him 1500 at bats by like the last couple hundred he would be his hands would be done like he wouldn't be able to do anything. And he would yeah. still go, he would still try because that's the Michael Jordan way, but like that's that's how you're going to burn out in baseball like you you just don't have that. Plus like his body wasn't fully mm-hmm. there. Like it started getting there and then they had to transfer back. And it's such um, a long season, and that's the thing that people right. don't under like with baseball. It's it's it is a long season, whether you're in the majors or not. But from spring training until September, like you're you're going full force every single night. You're you're sleeping on buses. You're not on charter planes like you were with the the Bulls. You're you're sleeping on a bus going from Birmingham to Mobile or something like that. It, it it's it's a tough situation. And exactly like you said, when you're on top of the world, it's like he took a step back. And for a player, and I think to that he wanted to take that, that step man, back. He did. He wanted I think, to see if he could do I, I it think again. He, yeah. Well, no, I think he wanted to get out of the, 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 the national spotlight. Like, even though there was so much media surrounding him, it wasn't nearly as much as when he was on the Bulls. Um, no, not even close. And I, I, he was kind of like one of the guys, like he said. And I think that was something that Jordan was definitely like looking after. And I, I think that's part of the emotion that played into the end of seven where they're talking about his competitive drive. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he started kind of tearing up a bit. Is I think that he feels misunderstood and that he just – wants to be part of like a part of the guys but he just can't like he just cannot stop pushing people yep right and and i mean like you you also have to realize that sometimes like tough love like tough love isn't the best for everybody it's it's good for some people but it's not the best for everybody so like if you're like jordan got the best out of all his all of his teammates 
if we're if we're being completely honest, it's probably yeah. not true. He got lucky that it worked with Scotty, who was already amazing in his own right. Like I don't think Jordan could take all the credit for that. And then like a, like like it worked with Steve Kerr, it worked with a couple of the other role players. Like Dennis Rodman was already a championship caliber mm-hmm. player when he came in, and you never really hear about Michael Jordan screaming at Dennis Rodman because that would have been probably a catastrophe. Dennis Rodman um, wouldn't have came back to practice. He'd have been like, "I'm out." Yeah, yeah or he would have just fought him. He would have just yeah. fought him. Well, um, see, I, there the was a funny story. Go ahead. I, there was a funny story that I saw about Robert Parrish, um, who, who was on the Celtics. He came to the Bulls, mm-hmm. and he was a, he was a veteran. He had won rings. You know, he he was that dude. Um, and Jordan was kind of like talking a little trash, trying to you know I don't guess motivate him. Like I don't know. He he said some Jordan stuff. You can imagine what he said by just recreating what he said like about Scott Burrell or whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. And and uh, Robert Parrish was like. You ain't talking to me like that. You want to talk like that? Like, what are you going to do? And then Mike said he's going to fight. And then he's like, no, you aren't. And Mike never talked crap to him again. And, like, it's just that method just simply cannot work with everybody. I think that Phil Jackson deserves so much credit for channeling somebody like Mike. Mm -hmm. Because, again, that could lead to a disaster so quick. Just toxicity. so incredibly fast, Locker and room Phil Jackson is just the most zen. Is just the most zen dude ever. Like I think that that's why like he had to let Dennis go to Vegas. Like that's mm-hmm. why he had to give some people some long leashes. Is because they had to deal with Jordan on a day to day basis. Like yeah. I refuse to give Michael Jordan credit for that. I guess, and it's good. And sure, it might seem like oh, you're just a hater. You're just trying to like go against the grain and make a take. Mm-hmm. I, it's just I guess what I believe. Like I just believe that you know. We, we treat him unfairly, but, like, in a positive way. Like, unfairly can go both ways. Like, we treat him unfairly. It's like, this dude could be just a, a, a legit a-hole. Like, just a bad person. Like, somebody who you would not want on your team. And we chalked it up as good. It's like, sure, he had stuff that made up for that. And he's the, the only person in this world who can have that. And, again, that's credit to him. He is absolutely incredible. But if I had to pick one player to start my team, I, I'm picking LeBron. See, and this is where I, I'm going to differ from you because they won their first three, Pete. It was great. No other team had did it. Not Magic, not any of them. Like, he had stapled himself as the greatest. But where they got a lot of players was that 93 draft. A lot of players came in. They were either there for the first three or the second three. I think there was only a few there that yeah. were there for all of them, right? And he says it in the documentary that he had to be hard on people because when he showed up, the Bulls sucked. And they had to earn their first. Three oh, championships. you mean like you mean? Okay, yeah. When he first, yeah, when he I first showed, he showed up, came back again. Yeah, no, yeah. No, no, no they were 80s, bad. They yeah, no, they were bad. So hundred percent. And coming from the athlete side of me, like there's times, man, where people come in and they feel entitled. Uh, people that came in in '93, whether they played, they were rookies. They might have not seen a lot of time. Michael took his his little break, went and played baseball, and came back. And he even says it. You have got to. Be hard on these guys because they come in, they're, they're on a championship team, but they really didn't do shit. They haven't earned it. Yeah. And I'm sorry, but that's just how it is. And when you do that, you have to put them almost in a place to say, like, okay, we won, but we work hard. Tom Brady does it, but he just doesn't fight people. He doesn't go out and, and do things that Michael Jordan used to do, yelling at people, trying to start fights. I mean, we, you see the footage of him literally yeah. cussing people out and everything, but you have to be that hard-nosed person because – you're the superstar. And the thing you is, like, you can when you lose, you can be Mike. that hard-nosed person. Like, the, the thing is, like, you can be that hard-nosed person. Like, I guarantee you, LeBron James still demands greatness out of his teams. Like, I, 
don't I, I I hate making it an absolute then I, I guess the way that it's talked it's like Michael Jordan did this and he's the greatest of all time and he's a winner because because he did this it's like there are other ways that you can go and win like LeBron James doesn't have to like there is other scream ways, at somebody in practice yeah. to go and and still win and I, I again I for me personally I feel like I not not like talking to a brick wall that's a bad way but it's like arguing against Michael Jordan is such a lose-lose scenario for whoever does it no matter like what happens like because <laughs> yeah. at the end of the day all the other person has to do is pull out six rings six you rings. just don't get it because they work harder than that person when an, i i think there's so much more to the debate than that but we've i think we've just drilled it into people's head that it's like that's the ultimate trump card it's like you play that it's like the like the draw four and uno but like to end the game it's like not only did to draw four but now you have to shut up when in reality i'd like to have a little bit more of an open conversation about it but that's for a later date you said retire um mm-hmm. a, a big debate i guess among these people uh, among people who talk jordan and talk about his retirement is what happens if he doesn't does yeah. he continue to win does he run off four in a row five in a row six seven eight like does he lose? And in my opinion, that Rockets team, I think they have at least one. Definitely. If Jordan's there or not. Yep. I Hakeem? Think, I think yeah. them. I think the Incredible. Knicks. I think the Knicks would have uh, more. I think that, that Knicks team that they beat, what was it, 93? That Knicks team was legit. Well, I I don't know if I'd give it to the, to the Knicks. Like, I think that... Them being around gives the Knicks a worse chance. Like the the Magic were were obviously amazing in that era, and I, it's very sad that they didn't win one. But like that Houston team, oh, really, yeah, they Houston were hitting. Team was so good. Oh they my were, goodness! I don't want to say they were like they if they had hit their peak two years earlier. Like I think they could have beaten Mike's Bulls. Like a lot of some of the competition that 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 Michael had like his first championship was against the Lakers and it wasn't the Showtime Lakers it, it no. just wasn't like i'm i'm sorry it nope. it just it wasn't. wasn't and then you have Portland and sure Portland was maybe putting something together but i'm taking those those Rockets teams over that Portland team and then you have the Suns the Suns were the biggest threat in those first 3 years like the Suns were that team like yeah. that's a team that I put up there with with those Rockets when they had like a Barkley and and sure the 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 Suns lost but what was that what was that team missing that that Bulls team was missing that interior like uh guy you know yeah. what I mean like Rodman was that uh guy they had and yeah Horace they had Grant. They, they had Horace Grant but like not the same and, level. and Horace Grant matches up with with a Charles Barkley size but like when Hakeem Olajuwon comes in. <laughs> yeah. He's just a bigger mismatch than a Barkley because Barkley was a small dude. Like, even though he played inside, even though he rebounded, even though he scored and had a post presence and was that dude in the middle, he just Not wasn't as big. Like, nope. Hakeem would have caused so many more problems. Like, you can't really have Mike or Scotty guard Hakeem. Like, you can, but for a whole game, it just wouldn't happen. And so I think that if, the, if that Rockets team hit their peak earlier, we wouldn't talk about that three-peat. So... It was almost perfect timing for them. They hit that peak right as kind of Jordan left, and they kind of etched out of it when he came back. Um, but I think that even if he was there, I think they get at least one. I can't say they get two. But I, I maybe after that third year, Mike is tired. He doesn't retire, and he continues to go. And the Rockets just are 
ready. They're, they want it more than maybe the whole Bulls team, and they can catch him by surprise. Then yeah. Mike gets mad, comes back, and wins the next one. But I have to give. I can't. I can't give both of those to Mike. And this is gonna be my. This is gonna be my take for probably the show. Uh, I think they forpeat. I don't think they win another championship for a few years after that because when you're on a roll and that's all you know and we saw it with LeBron but I'm not gonna I don't, I don't want to do comparisons with LeBron and, and MJ right now like that would be a different time but I think they get one more just because they would get there and they'd be like oh well, we're here let's win it because that's the t- type of team that they had they could go out and do that but that that 94 when, when Jordan took the retirement you saw that they, they were still playing the same way in 95 they were bad they were barely above 500. They didn't have that spark. And I think Michael Jordan would have been to that that point where he was even more exhausted. You saw it in 93 after the Dream Team and after he came back and won a title. Like, that's a lot to do in in a year span. There's only one person to win, what was it, MVP, uh, the championship, and a gold medal. And it was Michael Jordan and LeBron James all in the same year. They did it. Like, that. that's a lot of work. That's it's a lot tiring of hours stuff. put in. It's tiring. And the fact that he had been doing it for three consecutive years – Man, I, I honestly think he would have just kind of got faltered out, but he would have been super yeah, I mean, gassed look, to where like if he was talking about surprises, yeah, yeah. If he was already talking about how tired he was and how he wanted to retire before that last season, before he retired the first time, it, it, I'm sorry, but he just wouldn't be able to keep it up. Like obviously, he knows his body better than anybody. And yeah. uh, again, I still think that us finding a way to spin him quitting into a positive thing is. Is personally, I think, ridiculous, but it's just. I, I think yeah. I'm. I think I'm. I'm. I'm on not an <laughs> island, but I think I'm. Uh, I'm not alone, but close to it on that take. But uh, we sometimes might not be alone without sports. People. Yeah, sometimes the media just likes people. We might sometimes not be alone without do. sports uh, forever, though. It might feel that way. It might feel like there's just no end to this. But baseball is starting to make some steps back. Uh, the owners have gotten together, put together kind of an agreement. They have a plan in place. They've sent it over to the Players Association. They're waiting for that. So, Nick, what what does this plan entail? What, what do baseball fans have to be dissecting right now? So there's a lot of different things. I mean, we talked about earlier. Uh, well, I don't, I don't know if we talked about it, but it was out there that everyone's going to come to Arizona and play, and then that kind of fell through. But this is this just happened a few hours ago. Uh, the MLB plan is ready, like you said, for the Players Association. This is how it would start. It would be an 82-game regionalized schedule. So they would kind of probably change up the regions, everything like that. Spring training would be mid to late June. And then the most American thing I think out of this entire coronavirus would be baseball starting on July 4th. That would be, I mean, that would just be, it it would be so perfectly, it'd be so perfectly baseball. It would like, look, I I think that I'd probably be categorized. I don't want to say like a pessimist, but like, I guess just, (laughs) I'm not as convinced that stuff is going to be happening as soon as other people are. I, I guess that's what we yeah. could just say. I won't get too deep into it. I am because um, it can it can be a rather depressing conversation. Um, I I get it. I understand the want, the desire to do it. I don't see players agreeing to this unless there's like legit incentives, which I don't think the MLB can provide. It's just like mm-hmm. like to to make these players like. On a base level, if you talk about all of these plans, whether it comes to baseball, basketball, football, like, hey, we're going to put you guys in this secluded area and we're going to start this, we're going to go through it. Like, you have to ask yourself, like, 
it's these players they might want to play baseball but this is not a do I want to play or do I not want to play kind of decision like this can be a life and death decision it's not always that serious but it can be and I don't think like I think that like sure some players are going to want to get back and play baseball and they're going to say you know what no matter what let's go for it but I think a lot of them are going to be like you know what like I value my body yeah and Again, you're like as an athlete, like your body is your moneymaker. It, it is your profession. Your livelihood. And like, yeah. if we take, if we tell NBA players, hey, we're going to take you, we're going to put you in Vegas and lock you in there for a couple of weeks when this virus is going around, like, would you agree to that? I don't know if, like, I'm not sure if I would. I know some people would. Like, I know, like, I, I understand that some people would want to do that. But unless there are all like these safety precautions, like, I don't really want to put my body on the line like in already more ways than I am playing professional sports. And I feel like a lot of professional athletes share that sentiment. It's not like, hey, we have this set up. You guys should just go and do it. Like these are people and like these are people with legit concerns. And I think those legit concerns are going to come out when the players go back. And if they do agree, I don't think it's going to be like, wow, 87% of players said they would do it. It might be like 53. Like I just – I – don't see like especially because like you put these these plans together like you put these games together you're gonna have to put money into this like you're not you're not gonna make money as a league you're not gonna make money from ticketing revenue which is your main money maker like all of these other companies that used to sponsor with you are also broke and they're not gonna be able to sponsor with you so like sponsorship deals would be strange would they be able to make it worth it because i don't think they're putting on a product if it doesn't yield uh money like if- I think, I think there will be baseball. I think, you know, it, you, I I will agree with you on the fact that I don't think it's going to be a a mega like unanimous decision to bring baseball back because this this thing's been out two hours and they've already been saying that there's some players that don't know how they're going to handle it because what are the safety precautions you know obviously if they're somewhere they're going to have to be careful with their families with their kids being around different things like that but i do think there is going to be baseball i don't know how exactly i know as of right now in the plan it's it's not going to be the same amount of pay as if they played all season long it's going to be a shortened pay because they haven't been playing but they are still going to get paid and they're going to get paid on based on their contracts. So there's that piece, but I 100% do believe that this is going to go through. And I do believe that players are wanting to get back out and play. Yes. I do understand the whole coronavirus and, and being careful, but I think that that is the forefront of everybody's mind. So they are going to make sure there's going to be precautions. The whole thing about everyone coming out here, there was the precautions weren't there at that time. It might work now, but I think that's a dumb idea. So I think what they're doing is perfect. You're still giving it a little bit more time. You're giving it almost a month and a half before spring training would start. So there's still more time to develop plans, to get safer, to do everything over again. And so that's why I really do think 100%. I don't know if there's going to be fans. I think there's going to be fans, but I, I, you know, there's really no way to. Tell I, I would almost, I would almost put like. You, it, you're saying if no. If I fans, had to put something on, I think that the only way that sports happens within the next years with no fans. The NFL acting like it's going to start on its regular day. And look, the, my argument is it might start on its regular day. Like, it might do this. I just don't think it's the right idea. Like, if they think that they're going to operate normally within a couple of months and have these huge games with a bunch of fans and tailgates, like, sure, they might have that, mm-hmm. but that could yield catastrophic results. 100% so, could. like, I think that frame of mind is, is like... like 
sure, maybe they'll be like, all right, maybe maybe it's safe to have fans to be back. But you also have to think about this. If you open everything up to fans, if you bring everything back and something catastrophic happens, you are linked to another outbreak. Like you are linked to having everything open back up again. Like you will be in the history books. You will be talked about. I don't know which league. Like the MLB might come back to play first, but I don't know if they're going to be like, yeah, let's open it up to fans. Because if you are so much ahead of everybody else and you open it up to fans and like you can be linked back to stuff, you could get sued for negligence. Like you, sure. you, you could, you could be in trouble for putting people at danger. And some, some of part of me thinks that, yeah, sure. There's other people are being, you know, stupid and doing that to themselves as well. But I, I, I just don't, I just don't, I just don't see a scenario where any large league is like, let's have large crowds of people together. This, and I, I think, don't see a scenario that if they do, it turns out well. I think the NBA and NHL will come back. I think I think they'll be back before MLB. Well, not I don't know about spring training. Ooh, I, think spring training I don't. I think spring spring training might start, but I think the NBA will be back sooner rather than later. Definitely before July first, um, and I think they're going to play with no fans. I that's, I, I I don't. I think would I would say MLB. I would put I would put money on MLB being the first to come back. The you the do. way that the these NBA the way that these NBA teams are talking, like I think the NBA like they might be talking about this comeback. I think they're going to be the most cautious. Like they, I think well, they're, they they're gonna, the they're going to be the most scared. Yeah, where it's not and like, like the uh, least baseball, protection yeah. for stuff too. Yeah, yeah. and so I I think, I think that back, and I think football has fans. Oh jeez, dude! I, I do. honest to God, I hope it comes back, but I hope they don't have fans. Like I I I think that ba- I think that baseball is the most likely to come back first. NFL is most likely to have fans back first. I guess would be my take. Mm-hmm. I would say the NBA is probably most likely not I, w- I don't want to say the last sports league I, I they're least likely to be the first one I think I think they will always be the first when it comes to the safe measures if, when it comes to shutting the league down when it comes to taking these preventive safe, yes, measures for sure they will always be the first but when it comes to taking that risk to kind of go forward and say hey we're gonna play hey we're gonna do this I don't know and ah, dude I just think that a lot more players in the NBA are more player empowered and therefore are against going and and playing for in their mind maybe no reason especially if it's non-playoff teams involved yeah and, and, NBA, I agree. and look no matter what happens man no matter what happens with the nba uh, it, whether it resumes in a week doesn't resume like if somebody wins the championship this year especially if it's lebron there's going to be such a huge asterisk that people mm-hmm. are going to be talking about forever it doesn't matter who wins this that this mo- two-month break or it might be three months by that time, mixed in with like weird, maybe weird rituals to get it back up, weird circumstances, no coaches, no fan. Like nobody's going to look at the 2020 championship and be like, that's a legit one. Especially if it's somebody like LeBron who people look for to to to, detriment his regular championships. So I just just don't know. I, I mean, look, I just don't know. And I think everybody doesn't know. And, if I had to put my personal opinion on it, I think that teams, I think that leagues are putting out plans and putting out optimistic hopes to kind of keep the public happy. But in reality, I think a lot of them are a little bit be- more behind schedule than than they're putting out there. We will see what the MLB does. I, I think the MLB Players Association. This is going to be something that they they talk it over. I think they are going to accept it. But as far as everything starting on time. 
that's going to be up to a lot of different other people because you got to think it, it takes a lot more than just being like, oh, the players are back. Like they have stadium workers. They have a bunch of groundskeeper. Like there's a huge process that goes into putting a, an organization out there and getting it working. But I mean, like you said, we'll see. You, you never know. Everything is changing by the day. And that is unfortunately the world that we live in. Yeah, well, something else that's changing. The winds of change are blowing on the NCAA as they the are. G League, the G League has been making some moves, man. They they <laughs> have been completely, completely out here. And not only with guys like Jalen Green, a five star guy like top recruit his class, uh, Dashian. I don't know, I don't know how to pronounce the name. Dashian Nix signed with the G League. He's a five star recruit earlier today. Uh, a four star Filipino center. I think yep. his name is Kai Soto. He signed with the G League. Isaiah Todd has signed with the G League. I mean, like these are these are legit and actual college prospects, guys that are recruited highly that would be looking to go to these blue bloods that are taking these G League deals instead. And it's not like they're just joining the G League. They're joining the G League for money. They're joining the G League for contract deals. They're joining the G League for like a better shot at becoming an NBA player. And if they prove successful, yep. They NCAAs. will completely alter the course that high school athletes take for forever, absolutely mm-hmm. forever, because the NCAA is already on the ropes. Not giving people incentive, like not being able to pay people, being able to profit off your image and likeness. Like the NCAA now more than ever is on the hot seat, and there just hasn't been a replacement. And from personal experience, I know that it's so easy to look at one avenue when it's just there. And, you know, it seems like it there. It seems like it's the best avenue. But once you start seeing its flaws, you're like, oh, man, I wish there was another avenue. Mm-hmm. So when you what you have to do, go make that other avenue. And that's what the G League is doing. And, and yes, the G League is going to I don't want to say destroy the NCAA in basketball, but they're going to give them a run for their money. It was already a huge deal when the one and done started, when they took away getting drafted out of high school and, and made them go to at least a year that changed astronomically. This this is going to be huge because these players are going to get paid. They're going to be a professional athlete, and it, all it takes is one. If you can get one guy to go from the G League and be an NBA All-Star, people are going to be like, why would I go to school? Well, dude, why think about it now. Go? Yeah, why? Like, 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 let me list off some names of players that were just involved in the G League. They have, they have more than G League experience. I'm on the G League website right now. They do a great job of self-promoting. So it says more than 50% of current NBA players have NBA G League experience. That alone is crazy. If you took that stat to college, there'd be a lot more players in the NBA. Let me read off some names for you. Pascal Siakam, Rudy Gobert, Chris Middleton, Devontae Graham, Duncan Robinson, Kendrick Nunn, Clint Capella, Terry Rozier, Robert Covington, Derek Jones Jr., Quinn Cook, Hassan Whiteside, Derek White, CJ McCollum, Danny Green, like Fred Van Fleet, <laughs> Dennis Schroeder, Dwight Powell, Gerald Green, Kent Bazemore, Avery Badley, Lou Williams, Damari Carroll, TJ Warren, Marcus Morris, Dwayne Dedman, Justin Holiday, James. Like, I'm naming off legitimate, like Montrez Harrell, Joe Harris, Christian Woods, Spencer Dinwiddie. Like, these are all people who have made stops in the G League. And yep. the, the only barrier that the G League has left to cross is somebody going directly there and then becoming extremely successful in the NBA. They've had it happen. Darius Basley, who's on the Thunder right now, went to the G League, and now he's an NBA player. His career is still yet to show out. He, he was just a rookie. But these guys that are now coming in are legit NBA talent. And as long as the G League doesn't screw it up, like if Jalen Green have, yeah, came into this draft, 
out of high school, there's talk that he'd be the number one pick just in this draft if he just came out of high school over everybody else. So, dude, See, I'm this was excited. The this was the thing is personally, I think you should 100 in, in basketball and baseball, you should be able to go directly from high school to the league 100%. Football's different, football is a size game. Like, yes, basketball is too, not so much baseball, but if you're seven foot. In high school, it doesn't matter if you go to college or not. Like you, you might want that experience, but it does not matter because you have the physical attributes to do it. And some of the best to ever play basketball did not go to college. So I thought that was dumb to put that in there anyway and make them do a year. I think it was just a waste of time for some players. Like Zion, honestly, could have gone straight to the NBA. Would he have been as good? We well, don't so know here's that. The, yeah. But if the G League can thing, do that yeah. and, and build players, and honestly, if they can get some coaches, because right now I think a lot of players go to the colleges for the coaches. They want to work with the Tom Izzo's. They want to work with uh, the Mike Krzyzewski's, the people like that. They want to learn from the best because that's going to open up so many opportunities. So if the G let's League be, can pull Let's that, be really real here. Let's be super real here. Kids go to college because they want to make the NBA. Exactly. They, so they choose their schools learn. based off who can get them pro. It's not about I know a ton of, academics, look, unfortunately. T- all of the kids who go into college, you know, they, they have certain goals based on their level of play style. If you're an upper-tier player and you have any inkling that you could go to the league, you're picking your college based off who's going to get you into the league. Not if yep. you're going to win a championship there. And sometimes that does happen where you do win cha- but, like, who's going to get you in the league? And then, of course, as lower you go, you might choose schools based off of, hey, I just want to, you know, compete in college, and then you might turn into an NBA player. But for these elite guys, for these guys that are choosing, like, hey, my, the league is the only thing on my mind. The G League is the league. The G like, League is the league. You will, have, you will have access to coaches, players. Like, again, think about, like, if Zion Williamson was scrimmaging with Pascal Siakam in the G League. instead of instead of playing against duke's second unit like or even like rj barrett and cam reddish like sure those guys are fine in college like they weren't great but imagine if he was scrimmaging against pascal siakam who's worked his way to maybe be the quickest rising all-star superstar of all time like imagine if he was scrimmaging with these people and a lot of these g league coaches are getting shots outside of the g league and there are big names who are going and coaching there too like there's so much more to the g league and that's so much credit so much credit to the NBA for turning the D League and, and, and turning it into something that's like legitimately a place that that the best high school prospect, the future of basketball, wants to go to instead of something that's been around for decades. Like you know how hard that has to be. How much of a joke the D League was was treated as? Oh yeah, just as much as five years ago. It was a huge and in five joke. years to turn into something else. And part of that comes with guys like Pascal Siakam who come out and and have an incredible showing. And mm-hmm. have an incredible, incredible rise. And now more than ever, man, like we're living in the most talented era of athletes ever. And that's for every sport. Football, basketball, baseball. These guys that are filling out on the ends of rosters are so much better than guys who were filling on the ends of rosters before. Just because the the access to training, uh, the access to the knowledge you know, that goes along athletic with ability, the knowledge. Yep. Like, like here's the thing, you might not be the most athletic and but you might be super smart. And back then you only had so much tape to go off of. Now you have everything you can study and know your opponents better than you ever have before. So that can make you a professional athlete. Maybe that's what you were missing. Like I think that the big driving factor when you were a fringe guy in the eighties, nineties, two thousands, even the early two thousands and tens is who wants it more. Do you have that innate desire to want it more? I don't think that's it anymore. 
Because you want to know why those guys were who wants it more? It's because there weren't enough guys who were just good good enough based on a talent level alone to make it in the NBA. <laughs> yes. Well, guess what? There is now. There is that now. That 15th guy is super talented. And he was talented enough to make an NBA roster 10 years ago, but now he's fighting for the edge. So now I think it comes down to who's more talented. And that's a better way of having better basketball. And so there's so many guys that are going to end up in this G League like these Pascal Siakams, purely because there's not enough room. And the G League is going to become one of those places where it's like, wow, that person really came from the G League? Like, if Jalen Green becomes what Jalen Green people expect him to become, the G League's image will be altered even more than it already has. So I love this. I absolutely, I loved it when Darius Basley did it a year ago. I loved it when people were trying to get around the NCAA. Alex Attentatacumpo, Giannis's younger brother, is going outside of... um, college he's going to play over in europe like there are so many better ways in the ncaa and now that people are really seeing the avenue all all it takes is one Mm -hmm. all it takes is one person to show that they succeed and everybody will trust it because the unknown is the scariest thing well in in college too like exactly i'm gonna go back to what i said they're they are professional athletes now when they they should be able to go straight out of high school anyway who is gonna go to college Unless it's to go to like Duke or UNC or or Kentucky or something, to actually really get better and learn when they can go be a right. professional athlete now. You risk getting injured while you're in college, which like, okay, yeah, they might take care of you, but they also might not. The NCAA, the way they control these players and the way they kind of almost hold them back a year, it's I, – I don't like it. A lot of other people I think that you like could either it. be – super lucky or super unlucky when it comes to NCAA. Either it's like, 100%. okay, let's play to my favor or I'm just completely screwed. And, there was a lot of and don't get, don't get that, me wrong. There was a lot of prospects that were supposed to go in the top five and they get hurt. I think it was, uh, was it Michael Porter Jr. When he went to Mizzou, yeah. he got hurt like got three injured. games in and he, I mean, he still got drafted. Udoka Azubuke injured. Like, Bull Bull like, too? No, there's, there's, there's a ton of guys who, who who just get injured. And don't get me wrong. I think the NCAA will never cease to exist, per se. Yeah, it might have to change so. its rules. But it, it will be weakened. And it, and it might be, honestly, it might overall be a good thing for the game of college basketball because all the guys who are there are going to stay longer. You're going to build cultures. And I think that overall exact, team play yes. will get better. But 100%. it's going to be tough because you're not going to have those names. Like, you're not going to have, like, Zion. You're not going to have Zion in college basketball. If this works out for Jalen Green, you are not going to have Zion in college basketball unless you can get that money legally, which it seems like an uphill battle right now. I mean, speaking of yeah. Zion and legally, like he's even getting called to trial right now. He's getting called to trial right now to testify over whether he was giving, given illegal benefits, which we all know he was. And everybody knows the NCAA does that. And like, it's not even that big of a story. Like, I don't think one person on the timeline was like, whoa, what? It's like, yeah, of course. But if I'm an NBA player or if I'm a prospective NBA player and I can get it legally and get the same stuff and a shoe deal and better competition, I'm without a doubt going there. Did you and, watch the NFL draft? I, I know I'm kind yeah. of asking a weird question. But how many times did you see after a player got drafted, like at least in the top in the first round, right after that player got drafted, oh, here's a Beats commercial that has Chase Young in it. Like the, that's right. That's the they're ready to thing. go. They're ready to go. Yeah. They already did the endorsement contract. Like they, they, shoe deals, done. everything. Yeah. Yeah. So why not allow that in college? And, and like we said with Zion, we knew. Oh my goodness, Odell Beckham Jr. was literally handing out cash after the the uh, national Monopoly championship money? game. Oh yeah, yeah, Monopoly, whatever. Uh, <laughs> every every player was taking it, and there's nothing that's yeah. happening. Like, are you? And then no. Joe Burrow is just like, 
uh, yeah, I'm getting paid now, so I guess I can pay him back. And it's like, what? Yeah. Like, they, no one cares anymore. They just try and like no. hold it back. So it well, keeps... the NCAA cares because the N- the, the NCAA because it's is taking money away from them. Yeah, yeah, and I think that in order for the NCAA to survive, and this is a huge topic <clears throat> in itself that might need a deep dive at, like how the NCAA should survive. Like they have to realize that there are two avenues from here, two options for them. They stay their course and eventually they bottom out. Like if they continue, if they stay hard to their principles, like sure, they might still be like big, but they are going to lose so much more money than if they are able to accept that they're going to lose money and try to actually change and market their brand to like a change. Like sure, you might not be making as much at a yearly basis, but over a long period of time, you're going to be able to sustain that more. And they have to. They have to let players take endorsement deals. Because, look, that, that doesn't just benefit the Zion Williamsons. It, it benefits the kids at, like, let's say, like, ASU, like, locally. Like, it would be a huge move for somebody like Remy Martin to be able to get sponsored by a car dealership in Arizona. Like, that yeah. would just be, uh, that's something that ASU fans would absolutely eat it up. He's not a national superstar. He wouldn't get like Coca-Cola endorsements. Like, I'm sorry, like you, uh, Remy Martin, as great as you are, like you just wouldn't. But in Arizona, like at ASU, like being able to get paid and, and being able to make money off of who you are, which is fundamentally what we are about, like as a country. I mean, as we've seen over the last couple of months, capitalism rules. So why not let it rule everything, apparently? Um, <laughs> like, 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 like let people make money off of what they do like and you should i'm sorry you you should be able if you yeah. are bringing people like if you are doing bringing fans into the stands they are coming here to see you they want well, to see dude, joe burrow I... they want to see chase young that that's ticket sales and so you don't even need to get the money from ticket sales but if they can get it from endorsements they should 100 percent be allowed to do that i'm sorry oh, yeah and if They're i told you 18 like... they should be allowed Right. Yeah. If they if they could serve in the military, if they could die for this country, they can make money doing the sport that they make money just for. Just off and, of them, yes. And and it's like, if I told somebody, just completely out of the situation, bare bones, hey, I want you to do this incredibly hard thing that only a certain percentage of people can do. Now, if you can do that, I'm not going to pay you for it. I'll make the money off it. I'm not going to pay you for it. But you get experience and maybe, just maybe, you can go on to do something that even – 1% of those 1% yeah. do. How would that make you feel? Nobody would sign up for that deal. It's just the yeah. only possible way for kids to do it. Now they can't. So G League, it, it's a it's a huge deal now, but it's going to be an even bigger deal a year from now to where if Jalen Green goes, okay, let's say he keeps up his stock and he's still taking number one. That in itself, kids know, all right, well, if I want to get picked number one, I can go to the G League and still get picked number one. Like that's not going to hurt me. Okay, mm-hmm. fast forward five years from now and Jalen Green's looking for a second contract. He's about to get a max. Well, in five years, we might be seeing all these kids go into the G League, and maybe the the NCAA becomes the overflow. Yeah. And maybe the tiering is now, and as far as you watching basketball, is NBA, and then D League or G League, and then college. March Madness has let college basketball stay for so much longer than it should. They've, they've kept and, basketball and, and that's around 100%. a testament to March Madness because it, it is incredible, and I love watching it. And I would I would never trade watching it. I think it's I think that a lot of the greatness comes from just the pure bad basketball that's being played. Um, and the, so, honestly, the love of the game, I, that's something I love about college sports is, you know, since they're not getting paid, it has a lot to do with the, just the fact that they love it. But Right, yeah, and March, you're not going to lose Madness, everybody. No, March Madness has kept uh, NCAA about, we talked about this in an earlier show, I don't remember the exact one, but you don't even really watch college basketball until after 
Christmas. Not at all. Like it doesn't matter. All. Like how many number one teams went down this year before? Like twenty. Had, yeah, it, it it kept happening. Like this so, is the parody that people want. Again, yeah. another rant I could go on with parody. Like this is like uh, I want that yeah. that Duke or or whatever. And, and, but like that's the what Duke, you're gonna see. You're gonna Duke see a Duke ton North of parody. Yeah. <laughs> you're gonna see and a ton then, of parody in basketball. Yeah, the Michigan Ohio State. It's like okay, it's not the same in football as it is in basketball. Like. What do you, right. you like? Stop trying to like build off these type of things, and it's fun to go watch a game, and it's fun to go do these things, but it's no one really pays attention. Like a, a loss in November is not going to change no. a loss in 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 March. Matt, it, it's just not. And so yeah, well, I, I, I mean, think... people people say they love parody. They they really say they love it, and in reality, they don't. They like they like slight increments of parody. They like little parody yeah, sprinkled into their domination. That's yeah. what they like. And they like seeing if Zion you take go the top, right, right. If you take, there's a reason why we watch highlights and not mm-hmm. random buckets. <laughs> hey, look, people love do- people. I hate this. I love parody thing. Shut up. You love domination. You just like a little bit sprinkled into so the domination is a little bit cooler when it happens. And yeah. I get that. I'm on the same page as you. But don't run around saying that parody is like the this end all be all sports. Because guess what? College basketball loses these top stars. They're going to get a lot of parity. And that regular season is going to get even more boring than it is. And March Madness is going to be more boring because guess what? Teams are going to be more evenly matched. Why is March Madness so great? Because these awful teams can beat these great teams. If it was parity, it'd be mediocre versus mediocre. Yeah. Not Honest- not great. Like pe- People don't understand what they're arguing for when they argue for parity. And I want to maybe talk about that to start off another show now that we're almost like an hour deep into this one. Yeah, I mean, this yeah. is something that, <laughs> that I I that I am ready to go off on. But And, I, you know, we could probably talk forever. There's there's With no sports, there's still so much going on. But, you know, we got to save some for the future. You know, we can't we can't yeah. get it all out now. We got to keep going. So Last thing um, I'll say about this whole G League yeah, thing. Yeah, please do. Please do. And, and I, this is I'm just going to leave this kind of out there. Would you rather be playing? Because when you're in the G League, you're technically a professional athlete. Uh, professional athletes love to follow other professional athletes. They love to kind of help them out and encourage them. Would you rather be playing a scrimmage with LeBron James, Paul George, all those guys in the offseason at Lifetime or doing summer workouts at your college? You're, you're going to want to be uh, at Lifetime with the, with the NBA players. That's just how it is. Yeah, and I that's mean, look where, at the Jordan – to really tie things up beautifully, look at the Jordan documentary. Some of the best practices they have were when they was just Space a bunch gym. of NBA players in a gym, and you have more opportunity to. I'm not saying if you go to the G League, you're practicing with LeBron James every day. No, That's not true. Not every. No. Um, but you have but, a better you know, opportunity. You'll have resources. You have resources. And yeah. Who knows? If you get drafted into LeBron's team's D League team, then oh man, yeah. you might get a little bit of of guidance from it. Um, so yeah, that'll, that'll do it for this edition of the Rick and Nick show. A ton of fun as always. Um, if you're listening to this right now, you're listening to a couple of ways, either on anchor from our Twitter, we are looking to get stuff on Apple podcasts soon. So keep on, keep on the lookout for that. Um, definitely something that we are, we're looking for and we will let you know, you can follow us and keep up to date with everything that we do on our Twitters. You can follow me at Eric Ruby underscore Nick, please plug everything that you need to plug. Nick underscore white TV. You can also follow me on Instagram. Just N I white 11, make it super easy for you. I sometimes put videos up there, hit him on the gram, double tap some of his pictures, you know, give him a little serotonin in these, these dark, dark times, throw a little him, love, throw him that follow until, so, until, yeah, that'll until do Rick it. gets on Instagram. Then just come give me all the love. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'll, I'll swoop <laughs> in at the end. I'll, I'll be like the G league of, of it. I'll, I'll come through and renovate and, you know, there take you everything. There uh, but yeah, that'll do it. Thanks for listening to the Rick and Nick show. We will be back. Not sure when, but sometime soon. So until then, as always enjoy sports, but also stay healthy. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.